0: So we already talked about his documentaries, mm-hmm. and you know, and we hinted at a case of blues. Yes, we have. I think this time we need to really get into it and talk about. Really? It.
1: Okay, let's do it.
0: And Here and I don't like the way you just keep looking at me like you know maybe you should be thinking about some of that retirement stuff.
1: Oh no! No, not at all. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so when you moved into Case of Blues, how long had? Was this all part of the process, even when you were working on the documentaries, or what was what was the thing that inspired you to do this?
2: Oh, to so do a case of blue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, well, so uh, a case of blue started. It was inspired partly by an experience I had when I was t- thirty-three, before my first son was born. I had this inkling to go to an art class and do, and and do, and to, to draw. And, uh, and so we were living in Hoboken at the time, my wife and I. And so I took the bus and headed in there. And the woman who was the model on like the third day, she wasn't exactly like this girl I had this romance with, but uh-huh. she was, she, her mannerisms and, you know, and, and certain aspects of her facial you know, it, it was mm-hmm. there was enough of a commonality that it kind of flipped me out. <laughs> and so, and so I, I, you know, generally speaking, I think that the way that I, I create, I have cel, I do self therapy, is I make a movie, I make a story of something. Yeah, I make a story out of it. It's a sort of way of, you know, owning it in a mm-hmm. sense. Or I like to draw too,
0: but Dan's the only. When I use is a, a, a nude model. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, all the time. That's all, all I ever all want. That's all I'd ever want to draw. That's all I'd ever.
1: Okay. I'll, so, so anyway, I, I would never do that. <laughs> I don't really care who it is. I, uh,
2: it. I heard it's very liberating. <laughs> I have not
1: done it. I, I really want to find out.
2: <laughs> That's okay. That's all right. So, um, anyway, so I wrote this into a story uh and i got about halfway through the story and then i just stopped because i was like i don't know where this story is going <laughs> so i put it, i literally you know left it in my folder in my computer and forgot about it uh and then uh, about ooh, close to 4 years ago now uh, i was at a family function in boston which is where i grew up uh and uh i was talking with my mother and and she was talking about things that were bothering my my father at the time. Uh, and, and then there was the whole com- conversation about retirement mm-hmm. and, and, you know, downsizing yeah. and who's, you know, and when we get rid of our, our house that you grew up in, what do you want? And I'm like, I don't want anything. Oh I just God. want everything to stay the same. <laughs> right. So, you know, that was a very traumatizing conversation mm-hmm. for me. And as I was driving back to, to, uh, Ridgewood, which is where I live in New Jersey, uh, that story that I had forgotten about from, you know, 14 years earlier at that mm-hmm. point, uh, suddenly manifest itself in my head. And then I was like, ah, and now I know what to do with it. And by the time I got back to my house, I was like, and now I know what movie I'm making. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and so it's, it's it's great when that happens. It doesn't mm-hmm. happen as much as i like, for a fucking <laughs> <laughs> but when it happens, it's like, yep, okay. And mm-hmm. then I wrote it in about a month. Uh-huh. I didn't tell anything about anybody about it. It was very quiet and you know very protective of it. And mm-hmm. then I did test uh, readings of it and you know tested it out. And then mm-hmm. I talked to a, a good friend of mine who agreed to put some money into it. And then I found uh, Scott Rosenfeld who. Uh, produced Home Alone and Mystic yeah. Pizza, mm-hmm. and and, uh, and and talked him into producing it.
0: Wow! wow. So
2: you know, and then by, I literally uh, the next summer, the year the year after I started writing it, we were shooting the film, and there a year you know. after that, I the film was completely done. Mm-hmm. Like. Top to bottom and everything.
0: Now, when we first watched the trailer, D.N. was like, "Oh my god, oh my god, that's my soap opera! That's my soap okay. opera guy! That's
1: my soap opera guy!" I was like, <laughs> okay. Rah, 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 rah. "Okay, all right, whatever, you make fun of me." Okay, yes. So the main hey, character. I was soap opera. Okay, so the main character in your movie was in a soap opera a long time ago on NBC, and so I. On that soap she's opera, she's got a story she's okay, got to tell. tell Steve,
0: yeah,
2: Steven Schnitzer yes. right? in, in another world, right? Yes,
1: absolutely. Yes. yes. So right. he, uh, he was in the soap opera, and there was a character in that soap opera that I named my daughter's middle name after. So when I saw him pop up, I was like, "Oh my gosh!" <laughs> it was a long time ago, but yeah, right. that was my favorite soap opera.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did a great job. He did a
1: great there. job. Yeah, it was he, he, surreal and he, and he, seeing him. <laughs>
2: He is uh he is such a, a good person mm-hmm. and, and an amazing, amazing person to work with. Uh and you know what what was really incredible with him, and I think with with actors of his caliber, is the being in the moment. Mm-hmm. Being in the moment is is so like it, it's you know, it's really something when he's focused and in the moment as the character mm-hmm. and just responses and so it like every take was like the first time he'd ever gone through it.
1: Wow. Mm. You know,
2: we did, we did the scene at the end, which is a little emotional. I'm not going to spoil right. too much, sure. but, but, uh, every time he did it, I, I would feel badly. I'm like, Oh my God, I gotta, do, I gotta put him through this again. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, no, it's fine. fine. I mean, you know, but it was, it, it really is able to, uh, he's really able to go deep into himself and, and and bring out uh, you know where he is in that moment in a very honest uh, uh, way. It's, mm-hmm. it's just it was it was just fabulous working with him. It's fabulous mm-hmm. working with all the, the, all the performers. I was you know it was very a really great cast. Mm-hmm. But he in particular I you know just and and we we're still in touch, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, the film is actually going to be playing at the Fort Myers Film Festival in Florida in oh. the beginning of May, mm-hmm. and cool. I'm. I haven't got any of my shots yet, so he's going to be he's going to be going there and and yeah. uh, representing the film, which is nice. Oh, wow. uh, but yeah, he's a really really good guy, and and also you know I, I it was a tricky part to cast because you didn't want to have somebody who was like you know creaky and old doing mm-hmm. this whole thing that right. wouldn't have worked so good. Mm-hmm. But you didn't want to have somebody like really young either. It was like wait, he's way too young. Mm-hmm. You need to have somebody who like had like a amorphous age who who was uh virile right. you know oh, yeah. had like some yeah. sex sex appeal right mm-hmm. so you know i was i was just really really pleased with uh with how he did it and and it's interesting how uh the character is a little bit stuffy mm-hmm. uh and he is absolutely not and there were a couple of moments where i had to say you got to make yourself a little less <laughs> <laughs> a little more stuffy.
0: <laughs> Why don't you go ahead and tell us about the movie? Because, right. you know, the listeners, you know, we've, they've heard the title and they heard who stars in uh, it, but sure. they don't know enough about it to... Uh, what the heck right. is
2: he talking yeah, about? Yeah. Right. <laughs> right, right. So so A Case of Blue, and you can find the film at acaseofblue.com. It's, it's, uh, the DVD is available. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, the film is about a... Recently retired guy named Richard, uh, who uh, is lo- a bit lost and confused from uh, after his retirement, and as his daughter uh, gets him a gift card to join uh, an art class in New York City, so he goes to this art class, and while he's there, the woman who's the who's the model is the spitting image of this woman from when he was in his twenties, mm-hmm. and so in some sense he tries to
0: escape. Now, did you have a woman in your twenties that you drew from and, you know, to get those emotions or we yes, all have did. one of those. We all have one of
2: those. Well, well I mean, the, you know, I, I think that, I think that uh, the character of Amelia uh, in the film is a composite of a number of different women mm-hmm. that I, you know, yeah. uh, had, had involvement with in different ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but it, but certainly the, the way that I pictured her in my head and the way that, you know, the, the woman that I cast, she brought a whole other, you know, dimension to, Mm. to this character that, that I, you know, that didn't come from me. And a lot of ways, I felt that the actress was this character, like in actuality, like she exuded that character, Mm -hmm. uh, but not exactly the way that I had originally, you know, conceptualized and so I had to kind of readjust myself to you know what how she what she was bringing to the the film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that that was um I think that worked that worked out well, you know. Mm-hmm. I think that she she brought uh you know some added added depth and dimension to the character mm-hmm. uh that I just not having been this person wouldn't necessarily have you know, as opposed to somebody who's lived that right. that kind mm-hmm. of lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So, not that she was a model per se, uh, you know, in an art school, but but certainly that kind of a, a bohemian uh, existence. Yeah,
0: yeah, I was gonna say so, yeah, she had that like kind of that yeah that so freestyle it, that spirit of yeah. yeah.
2: So it was you know, so it was a uh, amalgamation of a, of a number of different uh, and including. Um, Oh dear. What's, what's the name? I have to. Uh, it's, it's eluding me at this moment, but there was a, um, a muse of Picasso and a, a woman who was Picasso's muse from the early 1940s, who then became an artist in her own right.
0: Yeah. And there's I can't a very famous, I, I remember the story, but yeah. I can't
2: very, remember. There's a very famous photo of her, uh, what marching on the beach with Picasso holding an umbrella, like following after mm-hmm. her, <laughs> uh, which, which I found was a very inspiring image. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So, you know, that was that was inspiring. But I also what I try to do was to tap into, you know, my feelings that I was experiencing from when I was in the in my 20s. And so, um, w- one artist who had a really big impact on me when I was, before I met my wife, when I was in film school and feeling, you know, kind of lost in, 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 the, in a romantic way anyway, uh, was Joni Mitchell. Uh, okay. uh, her, mm-hmm. her music really spoke to me. Mm-hmm. And so as I was writing the script, I uh, was, I listened to her first five albums, you know, on rotation, um. Just to keep keep me in that mood, and so uh, there's a whole layer of of the film that is an an, an homage to her and to her uh-huh. work and to her mm-hmm. her, her characters. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know how much how acquainted you are with uh, her her albums and such, but mm-hmm. if you if you go through the movie like every other. Seen as a reference to something from her, one of her songs.
0: Oh, <laughs> wow, cool. I have to watch I'll it again check, and
1: be yeah. looking for
2: that. Yeah. Oh, sure. So there's like different layers to this. Mm-hmm. That I know, could see uh, her apartment,
0: Joni Mitchell living in that apartment. I could see that, you know, for sure. Oh yeah, uh, so
1: yeah for sure. Yeah.
0: Personality okay. to her apartment.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Oh yes. Yes. And, and interestingly enough, that apartment was not in New York City. Uh, really? uh, the, the interior of the apartment was in Montclair, New Jersey, oh. because uh, I, I, I scoured, uh, Airbnb, uh, uh, advertisements for different places. And there was nothing in New York city that fit what I was looking for, nor large enough to deal with the fact that, you know, you, when you're shooting I had a, I think it was a twi- 25 person crew. Oh, wow. Right. So, so it's like, where are you, where you putting all these people while you're shooting? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so it was, uh, that was, and it just turned out that the, this one Airbnb, uh, was, uh, uh owned by a an artist and so she had like paintings and stuff on the walls and so there was already a bohemian feel to her apartment already and so so you know we made some adjustments to it but it fit very nicely and you know and then there was a a a lower floor where the cat where the crew was situated when they were not you know working on the set and so it was that was actually a very magical shoot Uh, That was one of those days where it's, you know, where uh, I'm sure Steve, you've experienced this where it's like everything kind of works and you get every once in a while, those days will be like, wow. And then the other days where it's like, Oh my God.
0: (laughs) 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 Those are my favorite scenes. I think when you, uh, when you do that, you know, like usually with the, for us, I shoot with multiple cameras so that uh, I let them kind of go when we do the Mm -hmm. first and and some most of them are kind of the longer shots and, you uh, know, mm-hmm. let them go as far as they can from script, and and it's when you do that, and all of a sudden you just feel like you're the person in the room listening to them talk in yeah. r- in real life. Mm-hmm. That's that's just like you know, like I'll I'll see the guys in the room. They're like they they don't know what to say. You know, the the crew they they, they just have that moment of. Oh my god, I, you know, we we can't Yeah, uh, I know. When when you get really good performers, mm-hmm. they really it's 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 funny. I I remember
2: like there was some point or other where the two actors were talking to each other and I just sort of like, "Oh, what are they saying?" And then I realized Oh wait, that, that's the script. <laughs> but, it, but it seemed like so like natural, like mm-hmm. you know, they just they, they it's incredible how a good actor can. It really you know, uh, directing really is seventy percent uh, the the actors sure, yeah. because they, they, you know you can adjust you can you can adjust good actors and say well try it this way and you know mm-hmm. and this and that. But if you get if you get a bad actor, doesn't that, you can be you can be the best director in the world and and you're you're out of luck.
0: Well. You know? Not just that, but I've experienced where i don't i don't have i have an actor that I wouldn't call them bad, but they weren't maybe as good as the rest of the ones were, mm-hmm. and you could see the performance of the other ones come down a little bit mm-hmm. too, you know because mm-hmm. um, yep. it just you know what was going on in the room but mm-hmm. uh yeah. yeah yeah
2: yeah there's a lot of uh, so much of it has to do with chemistry and and energy and mm-hmm you know, and, and the bouncing off of, uh, energy between performers. And when that, when there's something lacking there, it's sort of like, yeah, <laughs> like a hole, like a hole in the balloon, you know? <laughs> so yeah, casting's really like so important mm-hmm. to, to get that correct. And, and we, we had a, a terrific, uh, uh, casting company in, in, uh, New York city that they just did a, a, a fabulous job. Mm-hmm. And, okay. uh, and brought us most most of the performers in the, mm-hmm. in the film. So, so what yeah. is
0: what do you want people to walk away from this movie feeling and thinking after they see it for the first time in a the theater or on you know wherever they might rent it or see it?
2: Right, uh, you know it's it's a uh, it's a it's a life affirming film. Mm-hmm. And it it will well you know I'm saying this. I mean, what was your experience? How'd you feel? How'd you feel at the end of it?
1: i go ahead I, no that's okay. Go, you ahead. go ahead No, I'm just I hope, happiness, joy, yeah, yeah,
0: you know, we're I, we're nine years apart. so
1: yes, we are.
0: uh, I would think that i would I would have never felt this way mm-hmm. until only recently. you know, my dad just celebrated his eightieth birthday. Mm-hmm. We just got two new granddaughters. And when I sat down and I thought, oh, man, you know, I got yeah, I, I got to stay alive until they're like in their 20s. Yeah, and then f- I started doing the math. And I was like, oh, my God, I'll be like 85. You yeah. know, And then, then I started thinking about, <laughs> sure. you know, getting old and oh, what, yeah. what I might need to plan. And I, do don't really, and I never thought really about it before.
1: And I mean, I think about it, but I don't it doesn't scare me. So I, I like the the little girl to play the granddaughter. She was adorable. Yeah. And it made me think of our granddaughters and them growing up and, you know, talking to us like that and, you know. And it's, you know, and you,
0: and, you know, without um, talking too much about the movie, but just, just uh, the way you have to think. You know, I think that he kind of thought like a typical male might that, you know, you think about your youth and you're trying to recapture your youth and different things about your youth because you don't want it to escape, Mm -hmm. you know. But then yeah. then you can realize that um you know if you embrace where you are, uh life is yeah. really beautiful.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. I love the I word that's, about, that's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it worked. It did work. <laughs> it did work. It did. <laughs> I, and it worked. And then I I work. identify also with the daughter. <laughs> with, with my parents. So I totally identify I mean, very recently I identify with uh, the daughter because, you know, I I partly wish my parents would go into a retirement home. Yeah. But they're mm-hmm. in an apartment Especially complex. Especially to get them
0: set up to so they them, don't move right. in here.
1: Yeah that's, what, yeah, that's what I was thinking. No.
0: <laughs> no. I just, you know, you
1: worry about their safety and... <laughs> mean. <laughs> you worry about them falling down and things like that. I mean, you should think about that too. Your dad lives, you know, in Houston. It's... And something that you think about.
0: Well, yeah, that's one of the things I was talking with with my dad. Um, mm-hmm. You know, as as with the pandemic, mm-hmm. and he would say, "Well, how can I not go out?" And I said, "Dad, <sighs> you just touch. all you got to do is pick up." You know, he only just got a smartphone a couple of years ago, yeah. and uh, right. I said, Dad, you just. Go on there and you hit the thing and they'll just bring you bring food, your fr- you know, bring and,
1: your to and and
0: and and, <laughs> and and that's that's how groceries, mm-hmm. food, to take for, out out, for anything, whatever, you mm-hmm. know, and uh, yeah. and it's easy. Trying
1: to convince them to stay home, but
0: my dad it's still hard. takes his water bill to, to the, the water, water bill place <laughs> and gives it to them, you know. So that's. Uh,
2: well, it gives you a point. You know, I think that there's something there's value in terms of going to place. I mean, obviously, not when you're wonder, wondering if you're going to get you know sick and die mm-hmm, as a right. result. But that aside, I think that there's mm-hmm. there's value in terms of like you know who knows who you ran into on the way to the the water place, right? Yeah, like I, right, I, I that's true. I'm, I'm totally I'm totally old school. Uh, I go to the <laughs> library quite often, uh, or at least not so often now. But right. you know, in, in pre pre and post COVID time, mm-hmm. I'm a big I'm a big proponent of the library because a you go in and you're like oh what's that oh that looks interesting oh I'll try that uh, but also it's like oh look hey how are you doing yeah you, know, you run into mm-hmm. people and yeah. I think that there's I think that uh, to your father's in your father's defense I think there's there's value to sure, uh, you know, running into people and mm-hmm. going and going places and such for for reasons
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah it's absolutely there is you know it's just. We talk about it all the time. We were even talking, I was talking to the guys at work today about cell phones and how hmm. the cell phones, you know, that that because, and it happened because... Uh, Someone was on their cell phone, and I almost got rear-ended pretty bad this morning because really? they were ahead of us. Yeah, didn't know that. Yeah, they were. We, <laughs> there's a there's on the on this hill. There's a light where you can see the light turns green or red or whatever, but you can't see the cars that are down mm-hmm. the hill. And uh, and as I was approaching this, the car ahead of me went to turn left, mm-hmm. and the car ahead of them didn't have brake lights on. But mm-hmm. I noticed myself getting closer and closer and closer to them,
1: mm-hmm. and the light
0: had already been green for four or five seconds, and uh, and then uh, then I was I went to slam on my brakes. But I looked behind me, and this person was coming faster than I was, oh my gosh. and I knew that they were going to hit me if I didn't, you know, pull over into the next lane. and And I got over to the turning lane, and and they slammed on their brakes like just before they hit the truck, which would have creamed oh my me. Gosh. But uh, wow. and uh, wow. And it is all because the person in the Porsche ahead of them was on their cell phone, you know, and so we talked about how people, people with their cell phones today feel like when we were younger and didn't have cell phones, you just didn't get a call till you got to work or home let that night to even yeah. know if there was, yeah. but now we yeah. feel the responsibility of answering uh, no. it right away because people yeah. know we have it, you know? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. There, there was, there was a, there was a, a drawing I saw on, I think it was a New York times article, maybe something, but in any case that there was a, it was like 2007 and you see a, uh, a guy and he's holding the cell phone and it says, 2018, and you see the cell phone, and he's holding the guy. <laughs> I thought that oh was very apropos. Oh, yeah. uh, and, and, you know, and, and in terms of the film, uh, the, the film is, a, is uh, secretly a, a time travel movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not yeah. really, but you know, no. right. sort of a ghost, ghost story slash time travel mm-hmm. movie without being on the nose about either right. of those things. But uh, if, if you notice, there's, there's very little in terms of cell phone usage or things yeah. that are true, uh, yeah. contemporary for technology,
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know, and I try to emphasize architecture in places that were, you know, have been around for the last 50 years or so.
1: Mm-hmm. Very cool. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah you
2: know, so it's, so I think that there's uh there's value in terms of those things and I mm-hmm. I go back and forth all the time about this technology and you know I think that I mean <laughs> without the technology that we have right now we wouldn't be able to look at each other and talk and you know mm-hmm. so there's it's, it's always a double edged sword uh, it's always about how you use mm-hmm. it but you know I think that uh, this this uh this period of covid is has made certainly myself lean more heavily on, on the technology than I would prefer. And, and, you know, it's, it's a little on the synthetic side as opposed to just seeing people in real life and do, you know, going to the movies and hanging out with people mm-hmm. and going out to the restaurant and doing all those, all those things mm-hmm. uh, where, you know, now we, we had a, uh, uh, my family's Jewish. We had Passover over the weekend and, you know, and it was very nice and, mm-hmm. and there's value in there as that as well, because I, you know, got to record Passover <laughs> and I have that for posterity, but you know, and it it was, the, it it's not, there's nothing that compares to sitting around the table and, and, and doing it, mm-hmm. you know, that, that these things are, are uh, there's, they're substitutes.
0: Mm-hmm. It's kind of um, why we started this podcast too. And, and, uh, some of what you were talking about from your documentary on fatherhood is uh, so many things get forgotten because mm-hmm. we, and that was part of my talk this morning was with the guys was that, you know, there was a time in your life, only maybe maybe 25% of your life did cell phones not exist and you were too young to even care about it. Whereas now it's just such a part of your life Or for mm-hmm. us it wasn't always. And the same thing with grandparenting is that, it evolves, it changes, and in mm-hmm. order to be good grandparents, you know, you have to learn some things. And just like with your fatherhood movie, you probably learned that people had to l- have to learn how to be better fathers today. Whereas it seems like I don't know, I wasn't a dad in the fifties or any of those other decades, but they just did it. You know, you had a kid and you did the best you could, and that's that's what happened. There wasn't necessarily mm-hmm. books or people no. telling you how to be better at it or anything
1: like that but there was
0: also
2: uh i i don't want to go too much in the weeds about this because you know but uh, there was the cultural messages were pretty intense uh back then and there was you know uh, in terms of the spheres of what women should be doing and what men what Mm -hmm. men should be doing uh was much more intense and you know and and uh and so uh, you know there was there was a lot of toxic, more toxic masculinity than there is today. And, uh, and I, and, and so it's, there's, there's definitely like when I, when I bring my daughter up to school, I see other dads, you know, coming and, you know, dropping them off, coming to get them, you know, that, that really didn't exist. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah. To go into the uh, birthing room while your wife was giving birth when, when my when i was born my father wasn't allowed in the birthing room
0: right
2: mm-hmm. uh, my father was one of the the only dads who was changing a diaper because uh-huh. mm-hmm. why why would a man do that i mean <laughs> there are things and it, even mm-hmm. even today you know it's I, I, th- my documentary on fatherhood came out in 2010 it's not like all that much has changed mm-hmm. uh you know i mean i think that there's maybe a little incremental changes i think that there's uh more changing stations in dads uh in in men's restaurants restaurants, Mm -hmm. right now than there were Mm -hmm. but overall i think that there it's still a very uh it's a, a corporate culture this idea that your value is your your paycheck that you know fatherhood is important but really go back to work uh, you know, these are messages that still pervade our culture Mm -hmm. and, and people suffer from them. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I, it's so, I I remember thinking like, oh, fatherhood, it's such a soft topic, but it's actually, that topic is so fundamental to the health of our nation Mm
1: -hmm.
2: in terms of, you have all these kids who grew up without, without a a involved father or, or present dad. And, that's, that's a very traumatizing thing for kids Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of the transmission of values in terms of just, you know, modeling behavior. Now, of course, there are some dads who like, well, it's good that that kid did get to model that behavior. So mind you, Mm -hmm. but I think overall uh, kids are better off when their dads are more engaged and, And, you know, there's, and there's statistics to, to demonstrate that. Mm -hmm. And if you had if you had, I think that it would be a much better world if if there was more of an emphasis on on dads mm-hmm. and you know. So anyway, it's a it's it's a slow. It's I call it the evolution of dad for a reason because it's evolutionary.
1: I mean. Well, <laughs> it, it
0: is. I mean, it's like uh, you know, as I told you, all of our kids have. Well, my side of the family <laughs> has all worked for me at one point or another. And even like my oldest son, when we would talk about our responsibilities to the job, um, you know, he would always tell me, well, you know, I got to go pick up the kids because that's, that's the most important thing to me. And mm-hmm. I would be like, okay, but, but uh, that means I'm stuck doing yeah. the work, you know. And yeah. uh, so it was it was just that, that kind <laughs> of uh, wh- where's the balance. And, you know, c- of course then as their oh, yeah. dad – Then I start to say, well, what do you mean? Mm -hmm. I was around as much as I possibly could. And you start to feel a little guilty because are you saying I wasn't around enough or what, you know, Mm -hmm. what's the deal? Yeah, you know. And they'll tell me, they'll tell me. Things evolve. We don't like to work as much as you do.
1: I don't (laughs) don't want to work that much. much. (laughs) (laughs) I was just going to say, I I work in an education field and have for about 10 years, 10 years, Uh, about 10 years. So I've seen right. an evolution of of fathers in being involved in like the the schooling and the picking up and the attending donuts for dads and um like where I am currently now, there is a mixed bag of um when their their children are dropped off um there are a lot of fathers that are doing the dropping off that are they that are vested in what we are doing with their children so it's that sure. part's encouraging to see that so um because I work in the in the field with um primarily with children with autism. So oh, um, yeah. So I see that every day and um, and it's encouraging to see how involved they are and how much yeah. they want to have their children successful. And there's so, a lot of contributing
0: yeah. factors. I think divorce has a lot to oh, do yeah, with Oh, yeah, we it see that for sure. you know, oh, yeah. a parent doesn't oh, yeah. want to be left out of their child's no, life. Not. So they have to. Oh, yeah. Have it it's it's, it's they have
2: interesting. To have that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The, the, uh, in terms of Like who was, who really experienced this movie the most intensely? You know, when I, when I was making the film, I was like, well, everybody's got a dad. Everybody's going to relate to this, you know, it's a universal Mm -hmm. thing. But the, the dad, the the ones who really are connect, connected with the movie, uh, were, uh, at home dads, uh, single dads and divorced dads, Mm -hmm. uh, and surrogate dads, surrogate Mm -hmm. dads but the ones you know when, when you ha- when it's taken away from you uh when you're a divorced dad that's a a, a particularly like traumatizing mm-hmm. thing uh and and so th- there's it's it's an interesting sort of comment about you know how people don't realize how much what what they have until it's taken away from them and then mm-hmm. they're like oh my god i was taking this for granted mm-hmm. and i think that you know there's the old cliche of uh you know, I should have I should have spent more time with my family. You know, the the old, the old man on the deathbed saying this, and unfortunately, that that happens more often than it should. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, you know, I think yeah, that how, that's,
0: many, how many people on a deathbed say, oh, "I wish I had spent more time working." You know, that's right. <laughs> that's
2: right. True. That's right. Very true. Exactly. Very true. Very true. Exactly. So it's you know, it's a it's it's definitely a conversation and a discussion that. That continues, mm-hmm. you know, onward far past when I made the film, and it, and that's gratifying to see. And the film is actually uh, used as a studying tool in over two hundred colleges and universities across the country oh, wow. and, and, and the world. Very so, cool. you know, it's nice to to know that that mm-hmm. people are are being exposed to that, and mm-hmm. that they, you know, it gives them an opportunity to to you know then talk with their significant other i mean I, one of the things i sort of impress upon people in the film is go and talk to your significant other before the child arrives about like who does what when the kid mm-hmm. arrives yeah because more often than not uh parents you know fall into the gender stereotypes uh and and then and and then there's problems as a result of mm-hmm.
0: that yeah it's like ray romano used to do a bit that he talked about when he first got married and and moved in with his wife, and she said, which side of the bed do you want to sleep on? And you don't really think about it in that instant that that's the side it's I'm going to sleep commitment. on for the rest of my life, you yeah. know? A, <laughs> you gotta, so it's the same thing, you know, with child care. It's how it's are true. you going to be involved? And, mm-hmm. and what we did, you know, with our kids is we tried to continuously be, and another reason why we do this, so we could learn more about grandparenting, and mm-hmm. they let us watch the kids and spend mm-hmm. time with them because we want we want that bond that the kids feel like they could come over here anytime they needed to or mm-hmm. wanted to. Not that they have to go run off with a friend right. if they feel like they need to get out of their parents' house, but that they could come over here <laughs> mm-hmm. and have a safe yeah. place too. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. you know, uh, but that's, um, so it's, it's, it's kind of like what you said, you know, it's you've got to talk about those roles and we try to talk to the kids about how we want to be involved in the, in the grandkids' lives and how we want to do what we can to help, whether it's if we got to go pick them up from daycare or Mm -hmm. things like that. You know, we want to be there and Mm -hmm. how we can help. And uh, it's like you said also in the movie you watch where he goes back to uh, art school. You know, we've seen that in our parents too where they take up different like her parents, yeah. yeah. My
1: parents both took up painting.
0: Painting,
2: puzzles. Oh, my mother's, my mother's uh, done that, and, really? and it's been a, it's a been a really wonderful thing for her.
1: My dad, really That's really, yeah, I, I really like that. My dad for a while was <laughs> would get puzzles, and then assemble the puzzles, and then put them in a frame. And we started to run out of wall space. <laughs> and then, he, then he started giving them to us. St- yeah, because yeah, he started giving them to us for Christmas and just randomly. There's just
0: not enough room in the garage for me. <laughs> <laughs> really? But that's really funny. But uh, uh, it 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 is you know we really enjoyed the movie. we have yeah, kept it was you. Great. This this actually is going to have to be a two parter now because we've yeah. uh, kept you a long time. Yeah, we did. But, uh, but that'll <laughs> the, be great. You <laughs> okay.
1: know? The whole cast did a great job. I just love. I just love the, the whole look, the, the cast, the, the chemistry and the relationship between everyone. It was just, it was, it was very, it was very moving and I, I oh, appreciate you. your work. So
2: thank you very much. You're I welcome. appreciate you saying that. That means
1: Absolutely. a lot to me. Really
0: yeah. So where can we go to find, buy the movie and where do we yeah, look so for go, the others? Go, go to a case of blue.com.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, to to uh, you can get the the DVD and the the Blu-ray are, are available for purchase there.
1: Right, I think it's a great movie also for all different ages. Yeah, it hits all the different ages, so I think that's great. They're, it's just yeah. Anyway, I could go on and on. But I'll stop. <laughs>
0: you, you working on another one? Uh you know it's a
2: it's it took a lot out of me, and I and and that's a, that's always the question of like what what am I doing next? And I have a whole bunch of different ideas and. You know, the, the, this is a when, when you're making, as you know, independent film is a as a boulder uphill. <laughs> uh, and so I, I think that I, I'm still I'm still, you know, it, it's it's uh, in terms of pres- getting the film out there into the world properly and particularly with COVID. You know, it's been a lot. So, uh you know, and it's a question of okay. Well, what's the new mountain that you're going to climb? And you look at this, and you're like, oh, that'd be a good idea. Like, Whoa, dude, that's a big mountain. <laughs> oh, that that'd be a cool idea. Oh my God, look at that mountain. You know, so I think I, I I think I'm still in a process of catching my wind a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, and and then I will certainly, uh, undoubtedly, there will be new mountains to climb. Mm-hmm. Uh, but right now, I think there's some smaller projects that uh, that in the in the short term that I'll probably be focusing on and then, you know, and then I'll be driving home one day from Boston and some other idea will suddenly percolate. And all of a sudden, you know, it has to, these kind of things, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know if this is exactly how it works with you, Stevie, but for me, it's, it has to kind of be something from within that emerges. It's, it's, I I just, I don't work well with like, Oh, I want to make a movie about uh, X and uh, it's going to make a lot of money because of that. It, it's, it has to kind of come from within me to want it, to really to, to have the, the stamina to push it on a daily basis uh, for, you know, four years. You got to really like really want to make it. It can't be like, a, yeah, you know, I think I'll do it. Yeah, you know. <laughs> It's got to be like uh, I've got to make this movie, right. and that's and that was certainly with a case of blue was a, a, you know a, a very powerful drive to get this movie done, and um, and so I, I'll certainly I'll certainly get there, and I have some thoughts and ideas and such, and perhaps one of those will go, whoop. but you know until then I'm I'm still working working emotionally through. The, i still like to be in case of blue land <laughs> 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 if there's, there's a uh, facebook page that that you can uh visit uh that's i think it's acob feature film so facebook.com slash h uh, uh acob feature film they couldn't they wouldn't let me do a case of blue for whatever reason uh and uh there's a, a medley of some of the music from the film that you can listen to oh, cool. and, oh i think i saw music, that yeah the music the music was a um uh it, it was done by a, a, a collaborator who, a, a guy who i've worked with for uh, over 10 years and we've you know and and so he, he I, the idea was to create a um like a, a graduate the graduate kind of soundtrack you know like simon mm-hmm. garfunkel right, right. that. Yeah. yeah i wanted him to do something like that and so uh you know so listening when I was listening recently to this little uh medley of the songs from the film and the songs are like uh this this uh singer-songwriter his his voice is a character in the movie in, in my in my opinion it's the inner child it's the inner youth of this guy who's retired reawakening mm-hmm. um, so it's not just songs stuck in the movie it's mm-hmm. there's a you know there's there's a thematic and character-based aspect to it. Uh, but when I listen to it, I kind of like go, I like, well, I get like washed over. <laughs> washed over back in Case of Blue Land.
0: <laughs> well, Dana, well, thank you so much for joining us and allowing us to visit about the Case of Blue. You need to go, *A Case of Blue, you need to check it out. It's a great, great film. We really Wonderful enjoyed movie. it ourselves. Yeah, we really give it did. the Being Grandparents mm-hmm. four star, five star. Five
1: star. Star, yeah, yes, five
0: star for I us, mean, definitely. Who, who needs four star? Who we go needs four? Five we stars. got five, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so thanks again, Dana. It was great,
1: it was great to talk to you. Thank you, it was great
0: talking with you, too. And thanks everybody for hanging out
1: with us. <laughs>